This content is intended for adult cigar smokers age 21 and older. It's going, man. Good to be back. <laughs> you all right? You a little nervous? First day jitters? I expected this to be heavier. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> heavier? Boom. I got that song. It's good to be Yo, back. Yo, hey. Good to be back. How are you, Nick? I'm fine. Good. I have been for a while. <laughs> I know. We've all been fine. <laughs> But it's going to be back at the home front here. Um, let's just get right into it because we have a lot to talk about we today. Um, big, big cigar week the past uh, week and a half with the release of most of the top 25s from... The delayed top yeah, 25s. From, well, it depends. Like Half Wheel is releasing theirs this week, uh, but they usually do theirs in late Well, it'll probably be released January. by the time this is released. It'll probably be released on the day this is released. Right. At least they have already announced one of their awards. Their Factor of the Year went to Roma Craft, uh, Nico right. Sueno. Um, but you know, a lot of people do their their list in mid-January. It was just unique that this year Cigar Aficionado also chose to do their release mid-January. Usually they do it mid-December. They do it right, right. before like, the Christmas break. I don't know why they chose to delay this year. I don't unless they had some reason that I don't know about, I thought it was a little foolish. Probably wait for the pledge to come out. Yeah, but I <laughs> maybe that might be it. But they usually get that a little time before Christmas all of themselves, and now it's like them and five of the dojos list came out this week. So I, it just kind of made it more Do you think it really matters? Like I it all it coming does. out once? I, I don't think, think it, it really matters. I think, it's just I think give, it does I, for content. Not really. I think it's now, now if you look at it, this podcast is going to wrap around everybody's top 25 now. So instead of doing like, oh, we'll do CA's top twenty-five for a week, and then we're, you know, and then do half wheels for another week. I think it, we can I all think do it, it at was, once. I think it sucks for smaller publications or smaller websites like Dojo or Coop. Yes, or I agree. Man's Puff, right? Because like Dojo and CA both had the same number one, but now it's you know because they were so close together, it's like, oh yeah, well they only chose it because CA chose. It kind of I feel like it takes but something. People away from are really Dojo. saying that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, people say all kinds. Well, I mean, you should have seen what they were saying about CA. So which we're gonna yes. get into. So first, we're going to talk about. Uh, let's talk about what we're smoking first. I am smoking the Crown Heads Four Kicks Kappa Especial that this year number was rated the number twenty cigar of the year from Cigar Aficionado and number eight for and Dojo. Number eight on Cigar Dojo, coming in on CA with a ninety-three rating. And then I'm smoking the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi, which got a number 10 on Cigar Dojo, but the Gatekeeper got number 8. 7, I think. 7 on CA's list, which is another great blend for them. It did last year. So here's what I would like to discuss. Let's discuss. First of all, I have smoked almost every cigar on this top 25 list, with the exception of the Pledge, which I haven't had the pleasure of smoking yet. Was that a pun? What? The pledge pleasure. Okay. It's not a pun if it's just a similar word. <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, the Casa Torrent, I have not had the pleasure of smoking yet. That was the number 14 choice. You've had their original Casa Torrent, yeah. but. Um, and the number 25, which was the Cuban Ramona Yones edition of the title. Now, I've had Ramona Yones Cubans, so it's not that particular one. Right. So out of 25 cigars, I have had 22 of them. Wow. Now, I think there's, there's not one cigar on this list that does not belong. They're all stellar, above and beyond smokes. My problem is that 
Cigar Aficionado. And they're a private publication, man. They can do whatever, whatever they, they want. want, you know. And, and we're still the ones who look at it. We're still the one that reap the benefits of these lists because we see an increase in sales with the certain brands. And the sure. manufacturers reap the benefits. So I get it. And I know that they have some great guys working there. But I think this year's list has shown, again, with no disrespect towards the companies that were named, because they're all some of my favorites, and I've talked to several people in the industry, several brand owners who think that the pledge is that good, that it's deserving a number one, and Dojo ranked it too, so it's not about the number one spot. But I think this list shows them as being dramatically out of touch. Or at least dramatically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not in with like, the new. Not snobbish, but like stubborn in, in what they choose to review. Fair. In what they choose to um, not expose, but showcase via their media. Um, I understand that they have like, you know, you could pay for ads on well, them. And I, under, I understand Let me ask you that. a question before you go into this more and more. By you making this comment, this has to be happening more in the past as well. It Can has. You, Right. So can you explain a little bit more of the past of why you're now because re- it seems we always always when these lists come out, me and you behind not closed doors, but for video sake, always talked about how it's kind of a little little ridiculous. Right. We kind of like eh, it's kind of crazy, but it's not bad. Right. Now, this year, it seems like it's finally pushed you over the edge. It has. And can you explain now? Well, first of all, I I I'm going to tell you and not. Not that I agree, you know, or or I I was in love with every single cigar on Dojo's list, but Dojo's list is what I feel these lists should be, which is like the Tony Awards or the Oscars, where it's what came out this year that is the best. The Oscars are not a top 10 of every movie of all time ever made, what's the best one that we watched this year, because then... 50 years later, Godfather would still be winning the Oscar. Right. You know? And when you have, just like you have anything else, when you have cars, cigars, wine, or beers, or any kind of product, anything that can be evaluated, anything that could be reviewed, there are ones that are above and beyond, like everyone knows these are just the greatest of all time. Same thing with baseball players, whatever. Right. Which is why MVP every year is not like comparing. Mike Trout to Babe Ruth. Like, Babe Ruth and Mike Trout never in the running for MVP right. each year. Well, true. You know, it's it's whoever's playing and like point. that year. It's, it's right. a yearly performance. Do you think, then, that there should be a certain year that they approach that cigar that they reviewed? Because here's the thing. I think everybody kind of, re- like, Half Wheel does, um, re-smokes or smokes again numerous I think reviews. The, the difference is that Half Wheel is a majority new stuff. This is not. I mean, the new, one of the newest things on there is the Pledge, which just came out. And then the Gatekeeper, which... No, Mildeus didn't even make it. No. Mildeus did not make CAs, which I think is a grave injustice. Not that the Capo Especial is any slash, right. but... Um, but Half Wheel and Doja get a little more of a pass when they do Reduxes because so many of their reviews are new stuff. Whereas if you... G- there's so many brands that are barely ever reviewed in Cigar Aficionado, and it's it's a crime. Try look. I, I think the biggest one, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up up Steve's ass uh, by any means, but just as a product in this industry, I think no one can really deny that that Dunbar has made a significant impact. They are beloved by a lot of people. They sell really well. 
Um, even people who might not get along with Steve personally have an absolute respect yeah, for his there's... blending capabilities and what he's able to produce. And they usually clean up on just about every other review list out there. But we also saw that Steve did post on his Facebook he that did, there is there I, is some type of there was there was an issue. Now the issue is over. There is no talking. The back issue and is forth. not over. The, the issue was that the rest of the team at CA, I, I guess, is, was trying to you know like Steve's stuff, but because of the relationship between him and Marvin, which I don't know the details of. I mean, I know Marvin is a a tough cookie, just like Lou Rothman, our founder, was back in the day. You know, tough businessman. I, I get it. Um, but there was, you know, whatever happened there. It, it, listen, it might even involve Jr. I don't know how ba- how far back the feud goes because sure. Steve, you know, worked here for several years. But I think to leave out a major player like that, a major player who's this is like winning, and it's this has happened before in Hollywood too. This is like winning the Golden Globe for best movie, winning the what's the Sundance one, Palm d'Or or the ca- the Cane one, the ca- winning all of these things and not even getting nominated for an Oscar. But every other award for best picture, you have won, and then the Oscars don't even nominate you, which we've seen. We've True. seen that. I think Uncut Gems like didn't even get nominated and it won a bunch of other awards. Right. I think you have to call foul. Listen, you can, you can, like I said, run your publication the way you want. Um, and I think the problem is, and obviously we're talking about it. It's, it's still big industry news. I think the problem is that people outside of the deep cut of the industry still look to CA for, like, buying advice, which, as they should, it's a major publication. It helps start the cigar boom. There's a, lo- a lot of great information in there. But I think this, being, this list being seen as the be-all and end-all, and it could be the death knell of a company or the saving grace of a company, I think they should be a little more open-minded in what they're reviewing. There was nothing on the, in the top 10 with the exception of Alec and Bradley and with the exception of Tatawahe, and there was an older Tatawahe, that was really like a new hitter from an, uh, you know, a well, newer number six company. Was, what? Number six was as well. What was number six? Number, uh, that was nine. What? What are you talking about? Number six from Rocky. Oh, but that's 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 Rocky Patel. I'm talking about oh. in terms of the, the company making it. Oh, I got you. There was no like small even, and listen, Alec and Bradley. First of all, what you're smoking, I think, is is a, a top two cigar of the year. That that and Mil Diaz in terms of new releases this year, I ain't taking a thing away from those guys. They're amazing. I have no, nothing but praise for them. And the Gatekeeper even made our list this year. But there's, last year. E- there's even la- no this year. No last year. This last year, year was the. Um, Wow. Blanking. Wow. It's been a while. Oh, it was the first one. Blind Faith. Blind Faith. Yeah. Number 10. Yeah. Um, but even they have a connection to, you know, and, and they do all this stuff on their own, but they have a connection to, obviously, Alec Bradley, their namesake company, their dad's company. They have a connection to, the, to that bit. There was no tiny, you know, a crown heads or an Illusione. Uh, actually, did Illusione make it? I don't think Illusione made the top 10, did they? No. No. You know, Foundation, Dunbarton. There was no small guy out there. And now, listen, I'm not saying give it to the small guy for the sake of giving it to the small guy. But when these guys are known producers, when Foundation and Oscar Vallardes and um, even Romacraft, you know, Dunbarton, when these guys are known producers of highly rated, highly sought after cigars, and you're, it's the same, I hate to say it, and again, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. I'm not taking anything away from the cigars that were reviewed. 
But if you put Padrone 64, Oliva V. Milano, and Opus X in the goddamn top 10 one more time when they're not new at all, not even a new size, it's infuriating. We know they're amazing cigars, and we know that they're consistent. I will smoke those cigars until they outlaw cigar smoking. They are fantastic. We know that. Give these spots to people who equally deserve them, but could also do more with the publicity and the acknowledgement. If two cigars are both deserving of the same rate, I would give it like, well, listen, we've had Oliva V. Milano, again, which I love. They haven't changed the blend on it. There's not like there's a new size that they're, oh, let's see how it works in this Toro or whatever. For it to get in the top 10, eight years And not a single sober mesa. I'm just letting you go. Because no, it's infuriating. It's bad for the industry. I, and, I, I, and it's not fair. I hear you. I'm you know, not it's not with you. fair. Now, if nobody paid attention or if all lists were on equal footing, I would not care as much. But to customers out there, I'm telling you, look towards other lists that, that are more diverse. And I'm not even saying look towards ours. But, but do, that's the one great thing Half Fuel does is the consensus. I think the consensus is a great goddamn I idea. I think it's genius. And for those of you who don't know, every year Half Wheel releases their own top 25 of these are, were our top 25 highest rated cigars. And then they release a consensus where they go around. Uh, we're, we can't be included because we're a retailer. Correct. Right. Um, but they go around to other cigar content producers, right. Dojo, you know, you, other YouTube reviewers. And they compile a list of all the cigars reviewed, and then they make a top 25 out of that. So out of everybody's lists, what were the top 25? It's kind of crazy. High? It's, I think it's genius. It I is genius. That's genius. crazy. That's a lot of, yeah. lot of work to do. Because, I mean, they got to go to every person that does a review and, and mark it down. It's worth it. And oh, agreed. For as, much, for as much shit that I've given Half Wheel, and a lot of people have trouble with Half Wheel, I'm going to give them incredible credit because sometimes they have to, you know, bite down on their own tongue and a cigar that they gave a bad review to makes the consensus because right. everyone else liked it. And they are willing to do that. So I, full respect to Half right. Wheel. Like, bravo to Half Wheel. Um, Dojo, solid job. Like, they just, they, right. they're very in touch with the industry. And I like how, I, I'm pretty sure everything on their list was new. I think they, they keep it to it new stuff. Because it was yeah. the Arlequin, yep. um, the Hot Cakes from HVC, the Kintsugi. The only the thing Pledge. I don't know is the Esteban. The Esteban Carrera. Yeah, I didn't that, know if that, that was new. Esteban. The, yeah. the Connecticut? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so now, if everyone all looked at these lists on equal footing, I'd be like, all right, you know, whatever floats right. your boat. But the fact that CA is so revered and brands are, like I said. Do you think they just do it because they're just, they don't, the because of the masses of the people that read their magazines and the people that they just. I think that has a lot to do with politics. Just, I think it has a lot to do with, with I hate to say it, but I, I think. I don't think people are paying for reviews like it's in their contract. Like we're going to give you X amount of money for advertising and you have to give a cigar of the year. But I think that it definitely plays a role. It's crazy. I think it does. And here's now I'm kind of on the other side. of the, I'm still on my side of the argument, but I'm going to bat for the other team now. This does a disservice to the Altaduses. This does, does a disservice to the Olivas. Right. This does a disservice to Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Because this cigar, which I have not tried yet, the Pledge, has been revered by everyone who smoked it, including guys like John Huber from Crown Heads, Alec and Bradley Rubin. Everyone I know in this industry who has smoked this cigar said it is out of this world, one of Ernesto's best. And when you go on social media, when you go on Instagram, people are doing nothing but talking shit about it. 
because of the controversy around CA's picks. Right. The same thing with H. Upman last year and aging room as number one. It's a disservice to the co- these these bigger companies because people are now looking at you as the political choice. Oh, they right. give it to Oliva because Oliva pays a lot. They give it to Fuente because Fuente pays a lot. Right. I think CA need to do a deep, dark look at how they do this list if they want to remain to be relevant, if they want to avoid controversy, and they should do it up front, and I think that they should work out a system where they can you could still pay for advertising, but it has nothing to do with their reviews. Because... Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to change something. It's just like there's an asterisk on it now because who... They're the Barry Bonds of cigars. You don't know... Or the Houston... Screw Houston. I'm not going to get on that. But think of it almost in the same way. I'm not going to say any of these manufacturers cheating. There's no cheating going on. No. This is not... Like I said, they're not making backroom deals. No, because the aging room was a great cigar. The aging room was great. The 175th was great. Yeah, they're not saying, like, I'm going to give you $100,000 for advertising, make my cigar number one. But I think, at least in CA's mind, maybe there's an understanding there that, like... Oh, they're going to so much for advertising. We got, we got to take care of them. Which, again, being that we have manufacturers that we work very closely with that do a lot right. for us in terms of content, we also try to make certain, you know, sometimes certain um, recommendations. Like, you know, I'm going oh, to make sure I, I advertise. Yeah, this. but it's also the cigars that we smoke. It's yeah. not like, I mean, even look at our New Year's resolution cigars. They're yeah. all cigars that are on CA's list. If you think about it, the yeah. brands, not the actual cigars themselves, but from your Oliva Serie V to my Arturo Fuente, it's we just don't smoke them. Right. It's because we're always smoking whatever the newest thing's coming out because that's, I mean, it's not important. It's very important. I think everything's important, but it's just more important when the new things come out because everybody wants new stuff. Exactly. And that's, and that's what it should be going by instead of just the old things. We know, you know, if you're going to tell me and I'm going to look up Oliva Serie V, one number one cigar of the year in 2013 – I know that's a great cigar. You don't have to keep putting it in the list. Exactly. It's it's the same thing going forward for anything. So why would you? It's like I, I don't understand. I don't get it at all. That's why I always, you know, I think when we we started our top twenty five because I think we we're getting frustrated over that. I list. was getting two. I remember two and, last year's. I remember being better, but two years ago. And two years ago, I I even gave him a pass because I think the top three was like. Padron, Fuente, and maybe and, and Oliva, and uh, Orlando Padron had just died. The or was it Jorge? The father, I think his name was Orlando. The father of Padron has just died, and Carlos Fuente Senior had just died, like within that year. So like, I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna talk shit about doing a homage. Maybe maybe it was even three years ago. No, yeah, because two years ago was the other was the La Astoria, the other right. the other EP. Uh, but it's like th- uh, there's a very weird way I have to view these lists now. I view it as like I don't pay attention to that much in terms of like what I'm going to try out because I'm trying most of this stuff out anyway. Right. I do it just to see if for my own personal satisfaction of what I think is good, is it making the cut? Um, so I don't pay too much attention in terms of like what I'm going to be buying. But if there's a cigar I haven't smoked – if a bigger brand makes a dojo or a half wheel or a smaller brand makes CA, then I really pay attention to it. When it's flipped, not even when it's flipped, it's really when, when a big brand makes a, the CA list, I'm, I'm kind of... Well, then that, that opens the topic that we can start discussing if you want, is that what it, when it comes down to cigar smoking, is it, is it better to just smoke the same thing you want to smoke all the time? No. 
not so, is it better to like have your go-to and then you have it's like so for instance <laughs> it's like me saying that my go it's like beer drinking i'm gonna i'm gonna always bring this up we're always black gonna talk dance. about black and tans go-to right it's my always go-to it's like four kicks maduro would be my go-to big payback maduro my go-to all the time so if i looked at it as, as frequently if i was not in the industry and just enjoyed cigars i'd probably just purchase those cigars as my go-to cigars but I would always buy that six pack, yeah. you know, that six, that other cigar where I can go enjoy. And that's where, that's where I think our top fives are amazing. And I'm not tooting our own horn because everybody gets to try the things that we're always talking about, yeah. what we always like all year. So it's like one of those things where you can have your, your every day, like black and tans or, and then, you know, enjoy yourself to go out to get that twelve thirteen dollars right. cigar once in a while. And I think, I think that's the problem with the list is that it's like it seems like those cigars are the ones that everybody smokes all the time, CA's list, and then Dojo's is all the new stuff that I'm talking about. We need to find something, which, tooting our own horn again, is like our top 25, where yeah. we kind of talked about the things that we like to smoke all the time to where, you know, where there's those ones that we really, really enjoyed, but you have to go by price point. Yeah, and listen, we're, we're pigeonholed a lot, too, like... I see Aladino getting rated all the time, and, and we don't carry that, so that's one that's left out. We haven't smoked the pledge yet, so like we also how we, new we, is that cigar? By I the think way, it came out in like November, October, it's November. It's crazy. Um, so we are pigeonholed, and we we all like so I get it. I get it that it's it, it can't. Be, there's no one team that's just sitting there smoking every cigar on the market constantly, but I just see huge, huge gaps in in CA. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll talk about Steve again, but I'm also gonna say about our dear friend John over at Crown Heads. He made the, the list this year, top 20 for CA with the Cap Especial. The last time he made the list, I think, was back in 2011 or 2012. So you're gonna tell me within in 10 years, Crown Heads only had two cigars worthy of making the top 25. Two. Right. And I think the other one was the original Four Kicks, or maybe the head. No, it was a heavy. It was a heavy range. It wasn't even Las it wasn't Calaveras. Even, it wasn't Las Calaveras. It wasn't Jericho Hill. It wasn't any of their state ones. It, it wasn't uh, La Carême. It wasn't La Coalition. None of, none of them. So you're going to tell me in, in 10 years, two, but Oliva V. Melanio, again, not taking anything away from it, has consistently been one of the best for that long. Right. You know? Yeah, it, go it by. Just, it just infuriates me. I think... Again, I think for a list in general, you should do like a three-year window unless it's a tweaked blend, which is you know, a totally different cigar, or a new size. Because a new think, size I, can I affect know, I know a new size can affect it, but even at that point. I mean, unless unless it's one of those things where, I don't know. Uh, no, because it can. Because let's say, no, let's, I understand let's say that. five years they made a Toro version of the Hoya Numero Uno, and it was really good. I'm like, all right, this, this, because yeah. it, it, it would be, Fair. in my mind, frankly, very different. Fair. You know? But it can't be, like, if they sent, if they put out four different sizes, they can't, you can't just in three years do one of those four sizes. No, I, 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 I think I outside of the three year window, it has to be like, oh, no, no this is a new right. size. Because Opus, I mean, they've, they've done, Opus has like a hundred different sizes between all the limited editions and all the stuff he does. 
And I'm pretty sure they haven't even scratched the surface because I don't think they've ever rated an Opus Lost City on the top 25 or this new Opus, this new pink, whatever he's doing. It's always just been standard Opus. I think that they have a responsibility to this industry. If you, Again, you're private. You can do whatever you want. Right. But if you want to be seen as an industry leader, you want to be taken seriously, and you want to gain the support of the, the industry as a whole, I think you have to change up what you're doing because every time, and I'm not going to mention you, every time I talk to a large amount of manufacturers about this list, they think it's a joke. Right. And these are, these, some of these are guys who make the list consistently. Right. They think it's a joke. Yeah. So do yourself a service or stop doing yourself a disservice, however you want to say, and just revamp how you're looking at this because I'm not going to tell you you're, you're wrong because, right. again, each one of these cigars is very much worthy of being named one of the best cigars of the year. The, the Warhawk is on there. We've been raving about the Warhawk for, for two years since it came out. Um, the, again, the Pledge, which I, I'm still very excited to smoke. But Mil Diaz, not even named. Nothing from Foundation. If, you, if you're allowed to go back to whatever, in my mind, Wise Man Maduro should still be making that list somewhere. How nothing from Dunbarton has ever been named, except for the first year when Sober Mesa came out. Sober Mesa made it on, and then that's when they had their gentleman's agreement to leave each other alone or whatever. Half Wheel, which I think is probably the most wide-ranging, I want to say. Yeah. Um, I would say Dojo, but Dojo only does 10 instead of 25, so you get a little, a little more data yeah. from Half Wheel. Also, Blind Man's Puff and Cigar Coop do a fantastic job right. as well. I have their list here. You know, and a, a lot of cigars on Coop's list are things I have never even smoked, which I, which I find interesting, and, and, and it makes me want to try some. Coop has the American Toro from J.C. Newman. Um, Aladino, the Asylum Sevens, the new Esteban Carrera. He has a, a very varied um, display on here, and I enjoy that very much. Right. But CA, you're, you're doing everybody a disservice. The only people you're not doing a disservice for is whoever you name number one, and for six months they're going to go on a tear and sell a lot of stuff. But if people took this list more seriously, if people who knew the industry a little bit took this list more seriously a lot more sales could happen and people would appreciate your publication more. I feel terrible for Ernesto. Now, I'm sure he's just basking in the glory. He's not paying attention to all the little nonsense. Go on the CA Instagram to where they post but I, I don't pick. People are just talking shit. This is garbage. This is trash. How much did he pay for this? I don't think Ernesto had any had any no. side dealings. I don't even think he's that big of a contributor there like you know an Altus or a General because he's a smaller company. So I think Ernesto deserves his number one spot. He's a legend. I'm sure that's. I think it's a different. We, and that's where we have to make the differences on social media. If the people are talking smack to CA, it's more towards CA than it is towards EP. Yeah, but imagine if you won the Oscar for best I, picture, and, and the Academy on their Instagram is like, "Oh, and here's a picture of Greg, our Oscar yeah, winner." People you, are just like, "This is garbage. He sucks." Yeah, but if you notice when he posted it on his like celebrating and stuff, we also remember that people following him are his fans. Well, of course, you know what I mean. And that's what's that's all more. That's what social media is no, all I, about. I understand, but you know. It, I, I just think that I don't you know, think it matters. People were, dude, people were livid yeah. last year with the aging room. Now, I've smoked that cigar 30, 40 times probably since then. Yeah. And that is some of Raphael's best work. I agree. 
Him, him and AJ on that cigar, it is phenomenal. It is up there with the 175th in my mind. They're interchangeable as one of my favorites yeah. of all time. I That was an occurrence where I'm like, all right, a big company got named number one, and they fully deserved it. The storm I saw on social, on Reddit, from other manufacturers texting me, you're not doing anyone any favors right. by doing it this way. You, th- you know? Oh, I th- you think John's going to make a CA? Um, shirt, shirt. That'd be funny. That'd be hilarious. I'm just thinking about it. But, but on a lighter note, looking at these lists, now let's keep CA out because you know the the torment that you had on it. <laughs> what out of these uh, like cigar dojo and stuff? What was like? What are you happy to see on the list? Um, like I said, I really like, I'm going to go look through Coop's list again. I like Coop's list because it's a lot of out there stuff that, um, that I know of, haven't had the pleasure of trying. Right. Um, but they're a little more below the radar. So the Asylum 7, he's got HVC, which HVC is, they're, they're getting, they're getting bigger. Uh, Aladino, which is, which is really growing a lot of people. They have McAuliffe on here. They have the Paustani. I always like the Paustani. They have Saga. They have a Saga on here. I haven't seen Saga in a while. So he has some really, without doing too many like limited editions that are hard to find, he has a very wide ranging, and he also still he has Perdomo, he has uh, Romeo, he has like some of the bigger companies, um, Alec Bradley, my father. Um, he, he even has the Picardo uh, Reserva, which is the same factory that does a lot of the Crown Head stuff now, mm-hmm. but this is like their own thing from, uh, from, through Ace Prime. So he has a very, uh, very diverse list that maybe a, uh, a one or two year cigar smoker would have no real idea, except maybe they would recognize the Romeo on here and maybe like one other one. So I appreciate that because that also shows me that he's smoking through a lot of different stuff and he's not waiting on Half Wheels Review to go try something. He's in touch with this industry. He's reaching out to people, and he's trying everything he can get his hands on. And no matter if it's going to make him advertising money or no matter if everyone's just like, hey, I don't know what this is, he's going to review it. And if he likes it, he's going to put it on his list. I, I think personally, I mean, I, I, I love Dojo's setup, the whole content, how Eric runs that is great. I, uh, Coop is one of my favorites. I, I think Coop is great. What he does for the industry is great. Yeah. Everyone loves him. No one has a bad thing to say about him. He's super nice to everyone, doesn't get involved in the shady backroom shit. Um, so... So bravo to what Coop. What happens in the back room? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, you're right. <laughs> um, also, Blind Man's Puff did a, did a really great job this year. They had, yeah. if, if you want to, I think, did you have that one? Or? I had it, but trying to look at each cigar through their yeah, had to, like, mobile app, one and it's open. kind of, yeah. and then it's taking me to another What was, do you remember browser. what the number one one was? Uh, one was? I have it. Hold on. But I was going to talk about how I love that Aganorsa made Dojo at four. It was the uh, Brulee Blue. Yeah, and they also had Aladino on here. They had uh, Hoya Numero Uno. They had the Tricky Traca. Um, another the Ace Prime, the, the the Dreamer, which we got we still have to do a review on. They had the Dreamer oh. in there. Southern Draw, Tatuaje, the Mildia. Th- this these are what the list. The Black Label Trading Company, then Drew Estate, Aganorsa. Right. These are what the list should be. Um, I mean, just looking at uh, I hate to go back to it, but just looking at CA one more time. That had Drew Estate at like 23. Drew Estate was 23. The Romeo Foundation. I'm like, you know, 
Placencia, my father, Camacho, AJ, Aroma de Cuba, Casa Tarrant. Yeah, it's just it's it's a lot of this, and it's really only like five the top like five or six that I'm really having a problem with. Um, and again, it's not. It's based because on, it seems like they become true <laughs> after a certain. I'll moment. I'll tell you the 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 three that my biggest issues are with, and this is gonna sound weird because these are. Three of my ride or die companies that I love beyond all else. Bad boys for life. Per, uh, Padron, Fuente, and Oliva. It's just the the like what they are rating and putting in that list is this. Padron they have a little more variety with because Padron will go between a twenty six, a sixty four, a family reserve, right. a ninetieth. Fuente it's an Opus X every time, and Oliva it's an Oliva Series V or a Series V Milano. Every single year. Again, I like the Series E Milano very, very much. I don't think it's better than every dumb... Like, you know, I, I think there's definitely plenty of cigars on par with it. Right. So, but I think the uh, do- Dojo, I think... I, I Dojo is like my guilty pleasure list because that's what I wish that we could do. Is just pure yeah. list of, of every, just like the Oscars, everything new. Unfortunately, you know, especially some years it's tougher to do because of the amount of I releases. Also, I also think because we don't get all the TAAs and yeah. uh, and we can't smoke, you know, we don't sell Cubans and things like that. Uh, it it varies what we can do on our list. And last year, I mean, last year's list was something, especially because we were so new. I mean, there were some cigars that I was smoking that I never had that were on list prior years and things like right. that that we discussed and agreed on and things like that. So, being that it's our second list, I don't, I don't think anything, no. I, I don't think anything we did was wrong. Uh, I mean, it was our opinion. This, this was this was a, this was a tougher year. It was. A, it was I, I don't know if this was a tougher year or like last year. There was just so there were so many brilliant. There was so I'm much telling brilliance. you, I'm telling you, if everything was fine, we would have. It would have right. been the same thing. I mean, if if it was July, no, because well, there there would have been more. Kintsugi would have been on there because they they plan to release it normally at the trade show. I know. So if we right. had yeah nor, normal saying. year, there would there would have been some variation to our list. Kintsugi would have been top five. It would have easily been, yeah, top top three. Easily top five. Um, Even top three. Maybe it, top two. All, all I'm saying to everyone out there, to all the, all the customers, all the industry insiders, wh- whoever views these lists and. It, it makes any sway on your opinion at all, then I would recommend trying everything. Trying everything that has been mentioned from Coop, Blind Man's Pup, Dojo, Half Wheel, Cigar Aficionado, all of these guys, and, and more. There's, there's, there's more out there. Compare the lists. Yeah, com- compare. And then try them. I'm, there's definitely some stuff that Coop and Blind Man's have mentioned that I'm going to go try. I want to go try that Hot Cakes from HVC. I haven't had a chance to try that yet. The year of the rat, I'm gonna have to call up Joey at Drew Estate and yell at him to send me some so I could try him out. Is it the HVC? Is where's that made? I never even heard of that. HVC? Yeah. Yeah, they did a special for us a couple years ago. They, they do a cigar every um, holiday season called the Black Friday. Oh. Um, and then each year it goes through like a different retailer who gets to sell it. Two years ago it was us. Oh, okay. Um, and, no, HVC is really good. Okay. HVC is really good. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just I I have no dog in this fight. I'm just purely for the industry. You had a little a, dog today. Oh, well, that was just because that salad place was weird. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm in this for the industry as a whole. And for the big companies and for the little ones, 
like I said, the the Warhawk making dojo. Kind of, you kind of little had a little Anchorman start to that. I just wanted to say, go go fucking go, go up yourself, San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> it it just it it does nobody any service. You know, if I were Rafael Nadal or I, I was a team at Altus or I was a team at General, I would pay much more attention to my cigar getting named to a coupe or to a half wheel or to a dojo because I think for those big companies. That's going to pull a lot more weight because they're a little more. Those companies are a little more. Um, I don't know, heart not harsher, but like they smoke a lot more stuff. They're 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 discussing the industry at a lot larger rate, and so you have a lot more competition. When it's only you and twelve other companies for a CA list. <laughs> And then every no. year they, they add in one new one to make it seem like it's it's competitive. So I think Aging Room getting like a dojo or a half-wheel top 10 or or the H. Upman 175th getting in somebody's stuff, I feel like that's way more impactful um, for long term. We also like the little guys better too. I, I, I just I, – I support, I support whoever makes good cigars. I agree. And the fact of the matter is is that – it would be good for the major companies to get recognized by these smaller, not, not smaller reviewers, but these kind of more diverse reviewers because those are the ones that the, the real nerds really pay attention to. So if like a deep cigar nerd who maybe never really bought a Romeo because like, ah, it's Romeo. It's like a right. shelf thing. Like I can find it anywhere. But then Coop came out and said, hey, the new Romeo Reserva Real Nicaragua is like top notch. Oh, man, I'm going to go get Right. Whereas when you're on the CA list, it really only helps you if you're like in the top three. Really, really, if you're number one, and that runs out after like six months, the the hype dies down. You know what I mean? So, I think long term it'd be better if CA opened their minds a little bit, and if people just started recognizing, you know, it's just I think it's just hurtful. Um, yeah, I, I as long as you know, that's where it comes down to is like you said, it's the. Fortunately, Fuente, Padron, Oliva, which, like you said, all good cigars. But if their number one's different or anything else, is different, it's just compare the list. Just try them all. Because yeah. we've almost tried everything that's on there. And we, we agree that mo- they all deserve to be there. But at the same time, I think it's just the more diversity that right. CA and needs to have. The only one on there that I completely understand that maybe in a lot of people's minds has no peer is the Opus X. But still, that, that cigar's been out for 30 years. Right. It's been out for 30 years. Let's, let's get some new blood in there. I'm with you. And I, I, I get why they do, like why they have a lot of older cigars in there, because in their minds, in their minds, their process is, is great. And their process is that they smoke a bunch of cigars and do a bunch of blind tests and they make their ratings – and at the end of the year, they like kind of take back the blindfold, and then whatever it could be anything. So it could be this year VSG, which is really the tobacco was really good this year. So like it's cool in that sense, but I also know that then there, if you're doing that, if that's how you're doing your reviews, and it's still Milano, yeah. Opus and Padron every time, I know that there's a bunch of stuff you're not. Smoking. But here's my next question to you: Is let's say VSG is like you said, new tobacco, blah blah blah, whatever. If they reviewed it in January and they're coming out this December, I mean, all those boxes could be gone. Yeah. And, and retrospect yeah. of it all. So what's the point? 
What is the plan? And also, and I forgot to mention this before, there was an even added controversy this year that I read about. And again, this makes me feel really bad for Ernesto because I feel like he's just getting unintentionally shit on and he shouldn't. That cigar should sell out everywhere. I'm so happy for him. And that's an outstanding cigar from from what I've read. But apparently, because that cigar I think only came out in September, October, Cigar Aficionado reviewed it in November, in the November edition, and gave it a 92. A month later, it got number one cigar of the year with a 98. That's impossible. It's not like, oh, a different year, different crop, we aged it. It probably came from the same box. And you're telling me there was a, a major eight or seven point difference yeah. in, a, in a cigar from the same box? It, that, uh, it just it, it showed that something's going on. Right. I don't think Ernesto was involved in it. I think it was it was probably just the the back end of of CA being like, you know, what, it's unfortunate. Whatever. All the good things come to an end at some point. You know, it's it's unfortunate because, like I said, <laughs> it's like the Oscars, right, Chris? Yeah. Oh, the Oscars. I don't even I don't uh, even care. Yeah, I don't. And, and you know why? It's, like, it's a joke. Especially this year, because I'm going to tell you, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers. I'm just going to say this. Wonder Woman 1984 was one of the worst superhero movies I have ever seen in my Agreed. life. Agreed. Yeah. Wonder Woman was excellent. I, like the, I agree. The Wonder Woman movie was excellent. Very good. And even in this movie, Gal Gadot was excellent. And even before she became a cat lady, uh, what's her name was excellent. Um, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig was excellent. Yeah, I think she was good too. Pedro yeah. Pascal was pretty good because he. Yeah, it was I that didn't court like his character. He, at all. he well, he but admitted was, he he came out and started doing Nicolas Cage. He's like my I, my entire performance was inspired by Nick Cage. Yep. Just to kind of like do that, and then the director would like pull me back, and we'd find that happy medium. He's like, but she never did. I just went all out like this crazy Nicolas Cage antics, but she never said trim it down. Anyway, I don't want to go into too many specifics, but the movie was yeah. terrible. The plot was bad. They threw in these powers she had at a no, like that right. Wonder Woman has in the comics, but that there was never. She just turned the jet invisible in the middle of the. The right. ending was bad. The CGI that DC does is horrible, horrible. compared to Marvel. Chris Pine he, was good. Chris Pine was Chris Pine's always good. Uh, he has the best hair, dude. He looks old. Yeah, they made him look old. No. He's only like no. 38. No, he looks old. No, dude. He's in his 40s. He's got no, like great hair. No, he's, our, he's, he's close to our age. I looked him up. Really? He's 30. He's 30 yeah, he's close oh. to my age. He's, he's, he's dreamy. I, I mean, he's... They, they announced the other day that that movie... Um, not that it was nominated, but Warner Brothers has put that... Like paid for... I guess he got to pay for it and entered it into Oscar submission oh, in God. all major categories. Now, I'm not going to get political with this, but I'm going to say that a lot of movies that... And I, I, don't, I don't think that the first one was overly progressive. I mean, it definitely had its messages, but I think it was, I think it was very well done, and it, 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 was, it was a great... This is a great overall movie. I think they, they gave it what I call the progressive 20%, yep. which is when they're reviewing these movies, a movie that has a much more progressive message gets a 15 20% bump in terms of its overall rating. Because I felt that the first Wonder Woman was really good. And in really, my really mind, good. really good is 75 yep. to 80%. It's like, that's a really good movie. Yep. They gave it a 95. It got the 20% progressive bump. Because right. it's really good, but it also has this message, so it makes it better. Yeah. This movie got a 60%. And I thought that was about 15 to 20 points too high. Agreed. I thought this movie was more of a 40%. Yeah, it was way too long. It was too long. It was, it was bad. It was, it was a bad, bad movie. Bad. But in general... 
I, I think like the independent spirit awards need to be on the same level as the Oscars. Cause you mentioned uncut gems, Adam Sandler won for that. Yeah. And he, he, I think I showed you guys his speech last year where he's calling out like all these, like calling out the Oscars essentially, you know, I just think independent films need to be more recognized because the Oscars every year, uh, there's a movie with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks in it. And it's just, it's stupid. Or Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. Or now Denzel's son. Yeah, like I, I love Denzel, but it's true. Like, there's like yeah. Roman well, I mean, J. Yeah. Esquire, but well, but like Tom Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. if he's in a movie, or the Coen brothers. I, I don't, e- yeah. I don't even have a problem with those because because I enjoy a lot of those movies. I like, I think they're like, all right, I can see why this was valued so highly, but there are some that sneak through where I'm like, how this is just yeah. this is just nonsense. Um, like like Moonlight, I think was. Was it Moonlight? I think that was like great, and I think that's like deserving of like recognition and everything. Mm-hmm. But what was that stupid one with uh, Emma Stone and Gosling and Gosling La when La they're La dancing? Land. Oh. La La Land. That, that movie was stupid, and it was first of all showing that like this white dude was like all like created jazz or whatever, yeah. like the best jazz player in California, and like that got like a ton of awards. I'm like, this movie was garbage. <laughs> so. I never voice my political opinion or really any opinion on mine on my Facebook page. If that, if Wonder Woman even gets nominated for award an award, I'm gonna go on Facebook and be like, "You do This is terrible. This is just terrible. Yeah, yeah, you won't be the only one. A lot of my friends were like, "This is garbage." It was. It was real. I'm. I was against Warner Brothers. I don't like how they're doing their whole split between movie theaters and streaming because I feel like it's not fair to the movie theaters. I love going to the movies and they're going through a tough time right now. Of course. And I think when things chill out a little bit, maybe over the summer with the vaccine, I would do a movie day where like, I'll pay you $35. Let me see two or three movies. Like I'll stay here all day and watch movies. Um, Pretty so much I the feel price I, of a normal movie, yeah. isn't it? What? No, they're like $15 for Oof. the ones with the nice seats. That's ago, not including a- AMC was doing like, you can rent out a theater for... A hundred bucks. So if you can bring eight to ten people, yeah. you're paying ten bucks a ticket essentially. Yeah. So I I didn't like when they decided that like all their major releases were going to do streaming and movies, but I will say I'm glad they did it for Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Because I would have seen that in theaters, and then I would have gone home disappointed, very very upset. But no no no. Because I had to spend money on that on the candy. Uh-huh. There's a pandemic. I risked myself in the midst of chaos. For a shitty movie and overpriced peanut butter M and M's. Oh, God, I love. I mean, I would pay a bunch of that price for peanut butter M and M's. Listen, I I understand that every art form or, or anything, any manufactured thing, people's opinions change, their tastes are different. I get that. It's the same with like modern art. It's not really my thing, but you want to pay eighty thousand dollars for a Pollock or eighty million dollars for a Jackson Pollock? Go for it. If you think it's beautiful, and then that's fine. Or you could be like me and buy a $3,500 Kincaid. Yeah. Did you buy a $3,500 Kincaid? Yeah. It's in my house. Love it. You see, he was a photographer, right? No. He's a painter. What did he paint? Uh, he was the uh, master of light. Wait, he just, I just read a thing. He just did very limited edition Mandalorian paintings. No, he died. He's, there, he's there, passed. It was, it was, it was something with like the Kincaid collection. I just read about Yeah, this well, so, Kincaid, real quick. Kincaid, basically, so there's the artists that just paint their own things and paint, like, five of the same thing, and that's it. That's what we do, and you sell them for, like, 50 grand, like you said. And then you have Kincaid, which made it into a business, and he basically would kind of stencil in what he wanted to be, like, portrayed or what he had or he made one and he said 
And then he had students that he would have underneath him or protégés or even coworkers or whatever. And they would fill it in and, and do all the lighting and do all that stuff. So oh, that's cool. That's a cool concept. It's, it's like he's overseeing the situation. Now, where the money gets big with Kincaid is the Disney stuff because he only did like one or two of them. Oh, so the, so the new stuff is... Right, but there is some things that Kincaid did. You just, like, the one that I have is like one out of 1,500. Oh, wow. So I think it's fifteen or 3,500, which is still... You know, but he but still did the original stencil work on each one. Like he, yeah. So he actually sat there and did draw the stencil. Like right. His pencil like touched he, paper. Right. Okay. Basically, he had his hand in it somehow. Okay. That's really cool. I didn't but know he like had he, that. That's he really did, awesome. He did it in that way because guys like I want to make money. Yeah, and it's but not his, really his deva- it's, it's 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 not really devaluing because each one is still going to be unique right. and different and still has him. But I actually think it's a really cool concept. I just I think his lighting and his paintings are right. are. Um, phenomenal right so that's and i'm big on lighting because yeah. of my film background that's exactly. what i wanted to and do. everyone but. has different opinions views and that's all fine and whatever you want to pay for whatever but i think in certain things like i think in film there right. are certain standards of like what should be considered an oscar worthy contender and i think there's like this level where it's like a private ryan we're like all right everybody gets private ryan like you don't right. need like you could just watch then there's like very very artsy stuff where like maybe I don't get it, but I'm like, all right, I get. Like why I think I think there will be blood it. was that line of being yeah. like you're getting too far fetched, but it's still an amazing movie. Yeah. if that makes sense. And like Christopher Nolan does a lot. Like Tenant, I I, I love Tenant. I had to watch it twice. Like it was it was pushing the limits of like all right, I got if I have to watch it again to get it, but still, right, great movie. I think. The problem is like with with Wonder Woman. It was not. It's not a matter of opinion. Like, oh no, it's like an artistic view. It was lazy. It was what a twelve year old would do if they had like most of their book report done, but then the next day it was doing like, oh, you get uh, three wishes. I, 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 yeah, I forgot to mention. It's like the Aladdin yeah. slash the you know, Aladdin. I forgot to mention how the plane is invisible. Rock. Oh, just say she's been working on it. In like a world where there's a genie, yeah. who comes man. See, those are the things that. Me personally, when I write, drive me crazy because I don't want to make like I I want to be very detail oriented. Yeah. Um, but even with cigars and movies, like it's they're open for interpretation. But if you're comparing, you know, and what CA happened to the Oscars? Right. I, I completely agree. It it, it, it needs some very needs some variation. You know, I I I I think comedies and action films completely get overlooked, and they're the hardest to do. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna. I've never shot an action movie, but comedy, you have to be serious on set, and you know, like because most comedies have serious. They have serious topics. moments. Yeah. yeah, it's just tougher, and you know, I don't think it gets enough credit. I so. think, like Kevin Fahey should win an Oscar for what he has done. Oh yeah, with the Marvel universe. Whether you want to Scorsese it and say that it's not real, sit whatever you want to do. What this man did over a decade. And got twenty-two seven films. different directors, yeah. thirty different stars to come together with all these different plot lines, and everything fits perfectly to this grandiose, sad, heavy-hearted but beautiful ending. I know I'm sounding like total nerd right now, mm. but just from an outside perspective, here at the table, knocked a little is, bit, Nick. That is way more <laughs> impressive than. It looks like it's uneven. You know, Roma or whatever that movie was. No, like know, that's yeah. way more no, impressive to I do. I know. Yeah. You know, because they were all good. It's like creating the dream team. Yeah, and the dream team just smoked everybody. But you had to create the dream team. It wasn't oh. like it wasn't like the Yankees just 
buying a bunch of players. You know, had to buy players. The, I'm not talking you, about the Yankees <laughs> being the dream team. I'm talking about the actual the NBA dream team. 96 to 2000. No, the NBA dream team. Okay. But you ha- it wasn't just like, oh, here's our players. and we ha- You had to get players. You had to get coaches. You had to get trainers. You had to get special. Like, there was so many pieces to it, and he did a beautiful job. And now, and this is my last point of the day, because I got in a fight with my roommate, with my roommate already. I think John Favreau should be the Kevin Fahey of the Star Wars universe. I think he should be the overseer of all Star Wars Why content would you get going forward. Fight what? Why would you get a fight with that? Because Pete, no, just like, like not like a fight. We had like a very because he's very Star Wars ish too. He thinks that like the like he likes Kathleen Kennedy a little bit, and I think that she's ruining Star Wars. And I think that there's a reason there's there's like tension now at Disney between her and John Favreau because she's in charge of all Star Wars movies. He had complete control over the Mandalorian without any input. And now everyone is in love with him, and they're doing nothing but trashing the recent Star Wars movies. Which, it's in all agreement, right? It's because John Favreau had a vision. Is that how you say his last name? I like saying it like that. Yeah, it's- he, had, <laughs> he had a vision. He brought in the right people to execute it. He brought in Dave Filoni, who I'm sure you guys don't know, but he did the Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated show. Oh, yeah. I know no no show. one knew who he was. He was like, this is going to be my co-writer on The Mandalorian. They're like, okay, I guess we, we use him for the, the animated show. Let's use him. Kathleen Kennedy wouldn't have done that on a major Star Wars film. But the animated Clone Wars is like some great stuff. It's, it's like well, the storylines. Yeah, but, but it's like it's it's for kids, yeah. so like no one, no no uh, Disney execs gonna like take it seriously. But I think John, as an overseer, like like he, don't don't forget what this man also did. He started the MCU. Yeah. yeah, he's the reason it exists. What? As much as Kevin Feige, because if he directed a piece of shit, and it all started at Friends. What do you mean? The show Friends. Oh, when he was in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Yeah. He was, that yeah. was his last episode in Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who else is in Friends that besides John? Just Favreau? him. What? Just him. If he wasn't on Friends, I guarantee he wouldn't no, be where he, he is. No, he gates back to when he was in Rudy. He was Rudy's pal. He was Rudy's big, big, fat <laughs> friend in Rudy. Get the F out of here. Hey, you don't remember that? No, I only watched Rudy And like you twice. know who else was in Rudy and it started friendship with John Favreau? Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn played an a-hole like on the team who made fun of Rudy uh, and got like demoted to like the JV team, but Vince Vaughn was also swingers. Yep. And that they didn't, but they met there and then they did swingers. They did a lot of stuff together. But anyway, that's what I think, like and I now. think that Nick Labretti should be the Kevin Fahey of the cigar industry. Oh wow! All right, everybody peace. have a good night. Yep, and See you care. later. <laughs>